Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me, the podcast for parents of young children. And we want to share your stories and all those crazy, contradictory feelings that come with being a parent. We believe in you. You got this, even on the craziest of days. And you are most definitely not alone. Hey, listeners. The host of this podcast wants you to celebrate the messiness of life with kids. That means we don't need an expert to explain our kids to us. We just need to sit back so we can truly see, hear, and love our kids. My family has been lucky enough to attend B'nai Torah, where Karen's enthusiasm and joy for all aspects of parenting has been a breath of fresh air and always gives us hope that we can do it. Karen Deerwester believes that when we see, hear, and love the messy moments of life with kids, we're able to give our children everything they need. Karen has been a teacher, author, and a leader in early childhood education for decades. And there is nothing, nothing that doesn't make sense if we take time to connect with each child exactly where they are and right where we are with all of our messiness, too. Here's today's podcast. Today's podcast is Dads Talking with Dads About Dads. This is the third time we've brought dads together to take the conversation anywhere they want, and it's become my favorite conversation. The first two were episode 90, 71 and 178, and I'd happily plan a Dads on Dad conversation every month if anyone out there wants to join us next time. Because <laughs> that's how Craig got here today, when he mentioned he liked Grant and Ben's podcast, and boom! We booked his calendar right away. So I'm excited about the dads joining me tonight, and I'm truly looking forward to hearing what's on those dad minds. Ryan Beck is here, possibly the newest at this dad thing with a one-year-old. Craig Moskowitz is here, dad with two boys. Jamie Eisenberg is here, dad with three boys, and lots of stories and insights. And I know because he helps us understand the dad perspective in class all the time for years. And our other guest is actually from Ohio, who's a podcast listener, a dad of a son and daughter, and the author of a great parenting book, The Kind of Parent You Are, based on his research and his real-life experiences. Welcome, Brian Von Druska. Thanks for giving up your vacation time to join us, and welcome, everyone. But, Ryan, I'm going to put you up first. Pretend I'm not here, and describe your first year as a dad, and what what do you want to tell these other veteran dads about the reality? Well, um, so coming from a perspective of new dad to veteran dad, um, I would say that I, I completely understand where you guys have come from and, and the advice that you give to other new dads that are coming along. I think one of the biggest things that I heard was it's going to change your life. Um, you're not going to expect how it's going to change your life, but it's going to change your life completely. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I heard that before. You know, obviously, <laughs> when I have a kid, everything's going to be great. But you really don't know until you actually experience it. Um, all the good things and the bad things that come with it, the, you know, the wonderful smiles and giggles that you get when you wake them up in the morning and also the sleepless nights of having to wake up in the morning. Uh, the, the, there's all that, that different mix and things. Um, so, uh, you know, as a new dad as well, um, and if you see other new dads that are, you know, kind of struggling in certain processes and things, and you can see their anxiety and stress kind of building up and stuff, advice is appreciated. Sometimes I know that dads can be strong and say, oh, no, I got this, I got this, everything's going to be totally fine. Uh, but if you have a couple little tips and tricks, you know, keep on passing those along. They're, and you've they're been helpful. very hands-on. 
I've been trying. Uh, I've been yeah. trying. So um, okay. I see Jamie because so it, well, I mean, no, I, I, I would say that it, it's funny because veteran dad and and new dad or, or inexperienced dad, I think advice can go both ways. Yeah. Because as somebody with three kids, <laughs> I don't know everything by far. You know, and and certainly I think you know any experience that you have from you know day one, the first diaper you change to you know God willing day one million you're always going to learn something new and can teach somebody something new. You know, I, and I think that's something that, to your point, as as fathers, we tend to think, okay, we, you know, we, we got everything. You know, that's like a, a man's perspective. I got everything. Right, right. You don't. <laughs> there, there's no way that you do. And it's always changing. I mean, every oh, day is... Every day. The, the minute you think it's you've got this figured out, they hit a new so stage, and it's upside down and backwards. They throw a curveball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, so... so what I'm curious about is the very first dad podcast, our dad chose it to say, look, I want to sit at the table just with dads because I don't know how to do this without my wife, mom, in the ear. And I want to own this experience all by myself, not, as, not excluding mom as a partner, but he really shaped this dad-on-dad conversation to give you, I think, full ownership. So my questions are like, how have you, how, not only has life changed, but you're changed by this. And so how have you been changed? And how, what is, how do you want to do that? How is being a dad today different than your dad's dad? That's a good question. Yeah, well, I like to throw a lot out. You can just sure. pick and choose what you like. I mean, I, I probably have a, a different perspective because I did not have a father in my house growing up. So I was raised by a single mom. Um, I had uh, grandparents at home, so I have a grandfather perspective, and that was, you know, uh, you know, my, my, my father, quote-unquote. Um, but I think, like, for me, it was becoming motherly, if that makes sense. You know, so taking on the aspect of this is what I didn't have. I want to give everything to my children because I didn't have that. Uh, but also, like, you know, the, the, the things that you would think I think of what a mother would tend to do you jump in with that hands-on, like you said, Ryan, Ryan is a hands-on dad. I think we probably all are, um, you know, especially, you know, I, I don't know you, Brian, but you know, this building and, and, and being in here, it, it's such a family experience that, you know, I don't think that it, it, it lends itself to just one parent doing everything, uh, because it's such a strong, you know, family oriented place. But in any event, I, I think like for me, it was, okay, I have to do all of these things that I never thought, you know, from diapers to bathing to food prep and, and meals and all those things. And I want to keep on this topic of motherly, mm-hmm. because when I when I say you're hands on, I'm not just thinking hands on. I'm thinking motherly. Because I'm thinking of you describing yourself before we turned on the mic, coming down the runway to get on the plane, bottling a one year. The, the, Doing those, those everyday tasks, Mm -hmm. doing those, he has needs, she has needs, and I'm there. I am number one coming to respond to those needs, not waiting for mom's direction, not following mom's instructions. I mean, of course, we all want you to, but (laughs) (laughs) theoretically, and then we don't. So... So I'm th- when so when you said the word motherly, I'm thinking of I know you guys are nurturing men, but that doesn't take away the dadness. Sure. So because you're not mothers, so what are what are you? Your friends, your disciplinarians, your 
leader, yeah, keep going. You know, it's describe just, that relationship with with your boys specifically, and and how, what that's brought out in you. Well, and like to what Jamie was saying, I mean, you know, just you want to give them, you don't want them to feel lost or not have anything that you know maybe you didn't have or, or you just want the best for them everybody feels that way yeah. so it's working hard and make, providing and, and all those things but also providing love but making sure they're not look you don't want them to be little jerks right you want to guide them in the right direction and 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 give that advice and discipline when you have to and sometimes that's just not always easier the fun thing to do but it's what has to happen i, I look at it with with the motherly thing my, my wife travels a lot for work that can I be everything that she is when she's not there? You know, so can they feel comforted? Can they feel secure? Can they feel safe? The things that they would get from both of us, yeah. that if she is on a work trip for several days, they're obviously going to miss her, but don't miss the things that she provides. Yeah, right. And, and, and that comes in its uh, with its own anxiety by itself is, am I giving enough to the kids? Am I doing enough? Am I, you know, holding up to the standard and the level that she provides and everything? Um, in my situation, I work full time. My wife works part time from home. So she's around my son all the time. You know, she's able to provide for him interaction on a, on a consistent basis. The days that I have off, I, you know, try and do that. Uh, it's a little bit more foreign for me because I'm only doing it once or twice a week compared to seven days a week. Um, but, you know, I think that they sense the effort and they sense what you're trying to do for them and they, they understand that you really are caring for them even if it is slightly different. You know, they're they're feeling it. They're bonding in a different way even if they can't fully express it at that point. No doubt. No, no doubt. They yeah. know. And, and, and I think that's really extraordinary that you're ch- it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be the right way. What it has to be is with that... I love you and I have this to give you and now we're going to figure it out together. Mm-hmm. You tell me what you need. I'll show you who I am. Mm-hmm. Brian, you have, you're past this baby, baby stage. But, but still, I, I think of myself as a, I'm a dad, yes, but a, as a parent. And a child needs, no matter what the age, involvement and caring and warmth and uh, you know, in- investing and committing your resources and time and attention, they-, they need all those things, whether it's from a mom or a dad. And I-, I don't really compartmentalize what mom should do and what dad should do. A child needs that. That's what parents need to provide, no matter if it's the mother or the father or whoever's, whoever, whoever happens to be raising them. I, 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 I agree with that point. I mean, the question was hard because I, there's the motherly thing. I think we all give love, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I, Hugging and kiss my kids. I mean, I, so what's the but definition I think, of motherly? I think you're defined. I, I thought of I th- I thought of it as nurture, as nurture, comfort, yeah, yeah. Um, because stereotypically in the past, even dads who were, uh, you know, the, 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 even the research from way back was when children need comfort, they go to mom. When they need the push, they'll go to dad. Sure. Um, so they're, they're and those are culture specific, and sure. and and none of that is written in stone. But I do. I mean, I'm on a mission here, and that's why I want you guys. I I mean, I'm kind of pushing you to a point, and here's what that is. First of all, I do believe that you are a new generation of dads, that that over the last five years, maybe ten, but I'm not sure, this has started to shift in a a different way, which is you know your children's baby, toddler, preschool lives intimately. Mm-hmm. And so, did did your parents? Did you well? If you ha- did, your grandfather or your dads know your preschool friends? 
They're yeah, lucky I, they knew your second grade friends. You, you happen to know my in-laws very well because they're around. Um, uh, obviously, my mother-in-law a lot, but my father-in-law, just knowing the stories, he was a radiologist in the hospital, and my wife will say they barely saw him. Yeah. You know, so yeah. he's a unbelievable grandfather, but he wasn't exactly the most dedicated and nurturing father. And so, you know, I see that perspective from through my wife's eyes yeah. of, you know, just knowing what it was like to have a father who was so dedicated to his profession and provided a wonderful life for his family. But and at the same time, he didn't have that daily interaction with his kids. I mean, I remember the podcast number six, Rabbi Steinhardt with three newborn dads. And he said, I give you credit for changing diapers. And after we turned off the mic, they said, one of the dads said, how dare he insult us to think we won't change? Right. Like, who compartmentalizes that? And he's not ancient, mm-hmm. you know? He's not, he, and he is woke. But, but my mission here, first of all, is, is to give you credit and to say, like, you are rewriting what it means to be a dad and that I believe that your children will be a whole different generation in the world because of your participation, involvement, understanding, and what you know about them as human beings all the way back to that first no and those sleepless nights and all of that. My other agenda is that I believe that mothers and, and social media is full of cliches about who carries the emotional burden of a family. And I'm, I don't think it's true because I watch you guys day in and day out carrying big emotional burdens. And I see you thinking about doctor's appointments. I see you, I see you carrying the emotional load. And, it's, and maybe it's just the shift. And then there's another phrase that it just popped up in the last few months that I saw. And it was called the cognitive load. You you were parenting, Brian, you know, based on the stories I hear you tell, saying the same thing that, that, that um, what's your name? <laughs> Ryan was just saying. And good, that good, is, good to put Brian in Ryan. <laughs> I need to put your names on your whiteboards for me. When you said, I want to know that I'm doing this well. Mm-hmm. I have anxiety. I, the research is saying dads are starting to feel guilt. So my so talk to me about the emotional burden of, of what you carry, your worries, your anxieties, your fears for your children in the world. My <laughs> the hardest thing for me um, is the the unbelievable amount of guilt all the time. Really, I mean, just at the end, of, I had this conversation the other day with Nancy. I'm like, I just some days I go to bed and I'm like. It's just it weighs on me. Like I could have done X, Y, and Z so differently. I lost my temper there. And you can't go back and fix it, so you just try to make the next day that much better. But um, it's always replaying, because in my mind, I'm like, I just want my kids to be healthy emotionally and physically, et cetera. But was that situation damaging? And and it probably wasn't, but it it just, it cycles. And the stereotype is probably that the generation prior would do the same things and not think about it. Right. Or hit, or anything. Right, right, right. But the the discipline. When you assume the mantle, Mm-hmm. of I will be there to respond to their needs, you shifted into motherliness, nurturingness, and, and a different way of being in the world that maybe isn't that cultural stereotype of a man, but it is changing your sons and daughters forever. 
because you are different. Mm-hmm. You're creating a different relationship. So in, in that regard, I, I kind of liken it to um, with relationship building and relationship with your kids, but also relationship with your wife too. Um, kind of what you described, Craig, was what I consider kind of like keeping score. Um, and there's there are times when you think like, oh, that was a negative point on on my behalf that I you know, did this, and then how's that going to negatively affect things? And you know whether we keep score with our kids in that regard, or you know for example keep score even with our wives, we start to feel like we did such and such, they did such and such. Was it an even amount or things like that? Those are the things that are really kind of detrimental to both relationships, and uh, we start you know finding resentment and all those things. And the less the, we think about keeping score, and the more we think about all right, what can I do? Or how can I help in this situation? The better overall they're going to be back that way. So you know, it's just kind of um, you know thinking about it, that approach. You know, what, what can we do? I, I've never lost to my wife. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> what I love is that you're changing the dad journey. You're changing the self awareness and the choices that you make for how to do this well. Mm-hmm. You've had years, Brian, of self-reflection, because in order to write a book about your parenting experience, you have to kind of do the checklist. You have to do, did I measure up to what I wanted to measure up? And you open the book with a letter to your children that you wanted to give them when they become parents. Talk about that reflection. Uh, What Craig's described, and I I think this is going to answer your question, because it really resonated with me the way Craig described it, because it's been a great deal of self-reflection, going to bed at night thinking, um, did I do that the best way I could? Was I patient enough? Did I criticize? Could I have coached instead? Um, And that never ends, because as soon as you got it figured out, I'm, I'm more patient now. I can handle this situation. The situations change. And yes, you are more patient, but they're requiring ever more patience, ever more coaching, ever more everything of you to do it in a way that satisfies you, or at least for me. So it's, uh, it's constant. It never changes. The situations just change. You just keep building yourself into the kind of person that, that you think you need to be to, to do right by your children. And it's always a challenge. It never, it, it never is a slam dunk. But, um, but you're building a better self the whole time. So... At least there's that. <laughs> I find it interesting, like, you know, you use the word coaching it, uh, and, and keeping score. Like, I coach my kids in a lot of sports. And the things you learn when you're around other children and how you apply that to your own children, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you see this as, as an educator, but, like, you know, when you're around a group of kids that are the same age as your own and you see all the different personalities and you interact with your own child in that scenario and then you carry that over to your, you know, your home, it, it, it's like you, you, you're two different people sometimes, you know, and how Say you... Say more. It, it, I'm sorry? Say more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it's like, you know, it, there are things that you can sort of, like like to your point, you know, sort of like apply to the, your own scenario, but then the scenario changes, you know, and so it's like uh, you, you try and broaden your ability to deal with these young so are minds. you saying that the other children are more challenging? Well, they, te- they test your patients in different ways. Or, um, but I'm also thinking like that your own children, you know, like you can be a perfect parent, theoretically. If you don't have children, you're a perfect parent. <laughs> you know exactly how you should respond. Would like to, you know how to be the person you'd want to be. But when you're in the messiness, your children know your buttons. Your children sure. know things about you, your response, opportunities to to for them to grow socially, emotionally, cognitively by maneuver. I mean, which way do you want to go? And both ways are true. Which way do you want to go on um, this one? I mean, it's like, you know, you, you hear kids 
act differently in school than they do at home. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I find. Can you be specific? <laughs> that <laughs> they seem to respond well to other adults that aren't their, necessarily their parents. Uh, you know, that's fun that they like to push our buttons. Um, I, I find, like, with my own kids in a sporting environment, they're much more responsive and, and, and listen. I don't know if it's because they want to send an example to the other kids around responsive them. to you or to someone To me. Oh, to um, you. you know, and then we get home. It's like, well, you, you know, yeah. just call me coach. <laughs> Let's go back to that relationship. <laughs> um it, wow. it, it, it's it's just it's just interesting to see like when you're with other children and how they act and you see sometimes that okay your situation is as bad or, or your situation is worse okay <laughs> you know? who wants you're to just better. who yeah. wants to talk about this I, I think it takes a lot of willpower for a child to to make you I, proud. I don't want to say behave but to make um, you proud to to to, to, to play by the rules to meet your expectations or in that a, setting or, or with a coach or whoever and by the time they get home and they're out of that situation, their 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 yeah, store of willpower yeah. is gone. So right. that's why you get what you get at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Yeah. And you're getting them at the worst times because they're tired and they're cranky and right. hungry right. or they're. And it's know, also why would they want to bathe? It's also this compartmentalized <laughs> moment the the where I mean I really want I'd love each one of you to talk about um, the differences of the mirror they hold to you as a parent as a dad. When, when it's going really, really well and the mirror that they hold to you when it's falling apart. But, but see, it's like when you're a coach, first of all, you come in with, like, this presence. This presence that's going to be like, this is, this, this, I love this role. I love this moment. I love teaching you. And I can open a world for you. I mean, you're coming with your best self. Probably. And, and it's also a finite amount of time. And and so they know your pride. They know that's my dad. They know I mean so many layers are coming into that experience and they, and of course they want to make you proud and they want you to see their best. I mean there's all of that. And then and then it all falls apart for, <laughs> for a million reasons, but it's also it's like this gift, but it's also when, you know, Typically, mothers have felt that. You know, one of the first questions I ask in a baby class is, right, let's talk about all the emotions you feel when your child cries. And and first you start with the negative ones. I feel frustrated and, and confused and maybe even angry and exhausted and all that stuff. And then you get to, yeah, but when dad gives a crying baby back and the baby settles but i know each one of you has experienced the reverse of that you know then i feel powerful and motherly and and all power even i can do i can rule the world because i can calm this baby and so i think you get this mirror so talk to show me those mirrors that your children show you who you are as a dad good and bad and in between. So my son right now, he's younger. He's a year old. He um, He's going through that separation anxiety phase a little bit, a little bit of social anxiety, that kind of stuff, which obviously every kid kind of goes through. He it crawled to the middle of the circle today. Oh, did he? Oh, wonderful. <laughs> All right. So he's making good, some good progress. Um, but, you know, in so in certain mommy and me classes, you know, he would want to just sit on mom's lap or sit on dad's lap and not be a part of it. But then at home, he's like super happy and super comfortable and everything. Um, so that's been uh, a little 
little bit different, you know, showing like, yeah, we've been this fun, happy kid, super playful. And then you get into these social experiments, you know, where's, where's the disconnect there? What's happening? Um, uh, on the flip side though, and you also mentioned that, that mothering, nurturing of, um, coming to me, I can calm down and crying. I think that, you know, as we are taking on more of the roles of being the nurturer at home too, um, dads are also getting that feeling now too, which is kind of cool. Uh, so, um, recently I've been putting him to bed a little bit more often and knowing that he can fall asleep on me and not just on her is a really nice and warm and welcoming feeling too. Uh, so definitely getting some different aspects of that, that mirroring back and forth. And it's been pretty cool. Um, my older one tends to, uh, daddy, 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 daddy. And I, I don't know. And he's been that way for a while. I don't know if he does that to push buttons or, um, he really just, you know, it's daddy, 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 everything. But I, I, sometimes that's good, and other yeah. times I'm like, yeah, mommy can also, you know, she can also bathe you and yeah. wipe your butt. <laughs> <laughs> but she does, don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, don't call me in the bathroom. She probably could be pretty good at it too. But, you know, I mean, Jamie said it before. I mean, they, they, they just find ways to, to test your patience, right? And, and so I, they like to find those limits. Yeah. They find them. And so I kind of wonder if that's not part of the, the new dad experience is used to be dad was only there part time in terms of the, the daily routine. And so dad would come in, wait, your father gets home, I say my thing, I go to bed, we'll go through the drama tomorrow. Um, but the, te- I mean, the testing is essential to your children's social, emotional, and cognitive growth. It is about who am I in relationship to the world. And I remember my first year teaching and a child who was very withdrawn ran up to the front of the class, started jumping around in the wastebasket in the front of the room. And I'm like, what? What? And the the veteran teacher said, congratulations, you got him to get outside of himself in a way that no other teacher this year has been able to. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm happy about this. (laughs) But what happens is you find out that you are part of their emotional growth in a way that only mothers were part of that testing. So the button pushing is essential. And how they find out, you know, is my dad's love for me so unconditional that I can I can I can choose how to grow as a person in opposition and relationship to him? I mean that's that's kind of big. And and dads, I don't think, used to play that. I mean, dads used to be fear-based. Dads used to be, you know, rule-based. It used to be head, not heart. And now you've got head and heart going simultaneously all the time. Yeah, yeah it's just being more present, right? I mean, I don't, I'm sure in the 50s it was, yeah. to your point, it was disciplinary. And then they started having to just walk in the other room. That's right. It doesn't, doesn't work like that. Doesn't work like that. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, I think some of the the difficult thing we might be finding now, and I see it happen with some some friends and friends' kids and things, is um, because we're getting so involved and so invested. It's it's still finding that perfect balance between friend and parent at certain times. Um, You know, when to be the disciplinarian, when to just be you know brush it off. It's okay. Here, have a sucker or whatever else it is that's going on. So um, you know, now that we're if you're saying redefining this role, you know, what do we truly want that role to be? You know, is it a true fifty fifty split or is it more this than the other? You know, where, uh, and I think it's probably going to be different for each kid, too. How are you answering that for yourself now? 
Uh, uh, right now, um, I'm a sap for him. I, you know, I love him to death, and I probably you know baby him a little bit more than he should. Um, there are things developmentally that I would love to see him reach that I've seen his other friends reach. Um, but you know, I also take time investing that I know that he's not going to grow up and be nine years old and still need me to feed him. And that's not going to happen. Right. Um, you know, so just taking to take in those moments and enjoy it now. Um, and you know, if I, you know, all parents screw up their kids just a little bit and have to realize that they're, they're still going to turn out hopefully as okay people too. Yeah. So. I, th- I think this is really the heart and soul of what I believe is happening. And that is that self-awareness of, I don't know how to, how to make this decision here today. This is the best I can do based on my heart and my brain. And we're going to keep <clears throat> iterating it until we get it to a point. We'll figure it out. Or they will mm-hmm. juggle or balance the 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 friend and uh, teacher guide. What was your you said friend or? Well, I was probably leaning a little bit more towards you know a friend and caregiver recently instead of more the um, you know the parent disciplinarian kind of deal. Um, so how do you negotiate? that I, I balance? think it's um, and I'm curious. You know, Brian, as somebody who has older children, um, like the the age stagger for my kids, like I'm a little bit more friendly with the older one because he's older and can understand more things so the conversation is different the four year old's a much different thing and he's a middle child so there's a lot more disciplinarian going on <laughs> the baby's obviously babies you know so it's like the stages of each kid is different and when they're all together the separation you know when you have to be a disciplinarian he's like well you were just you know telling me that no we don't talk like that in front of you know certain whatever the case may be but you know like the the age matters I think in that scenario to, to a large degree. You know, I mean, as a broad, obviously, you in a broad base, you want to be, I think, probably more disciplinarian than, than friend just because you don't want them to blur the line of what I can get away with because dad lets me do this. You know, I think there's a car commercial where the dad takes the kid around everywhere, don't tell mom, don't tell mom, <laughs> getting ice cream and uh, buying stuff and then skydiving, all these things, the car commercial. But, um, you know, mom obviously going to find out. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, you have to, you know, sort of, I, I guess, have that fine line of, this is where it cuts off, but where does it cut off? Well, there's we had a, we did a long time ago a, a podcast called Fun Dad, and um, and and we had classic fun dads on, but they had school age kids, and what they said is what you realize if you're fun dad um, is that there's going to come that point where they don't take you seriously, mm-hmm. they they aren't going to they aren't going to to co- cooperate with you, mm-hmm. um, they're just, it's not going to be, you, you're going to have, you might have chaos. You might have a child with too much power <clears throat> for the age and stage, but it's, but how do you manage the, it's cause it's not just friend. It's, it's that unconditional love. I have your back. I am your nurturer. I am your safe spice to be and fall. And, and supporter. I, I think that, that is, the, is in the space where people are con- confused or not sure whether I should be a friend or, or what was the word? Coach. I don't remember what you said, but um, when you're supportive, you can provide information. If you do this, you'll get that instead of directives to do that. And I, I try to do that as much as I can because I find the kids are, are really, they do make the right choices when you give them the choices to make. And if you give them directives, then you've taken their choice away. They're either listening to you. They're only, the only choice they have is to do the opposite. So if you give them the information, here's what the situation is and what you might do to handle it, 
they can choose to do what you consider the right thing or what you consider the wrong thing. But their only choice when you give them directives is to do the wrong thing. Well, and especially when they're... And I don't know if it changes when they get older. Again, everything probably changes. The scope but changes, but the, the, the methodology, the at least for me, is, is the same. Well, like, cause for, for me, I mean, the kids are young. I mean, they're four, and Nancy told me today the younger one's about to be two and a half next month. I was like, yes. <laughs> that was news. I, Lost that. Yeah, you know, that just happened. But um, they need the coaching, right? They they because if you don't, especially now, I mean, if you don't get involved and and because everything they're going to decide to do is going to be the wrong thing. I mean, is and I guess that is what a coach does. Is if you do that, you'll you this this is what you'll get. Sure. Um, you know the the immediate feedback in real time as they're doing it because you're there to there to give that. All, all those things, I don't think fall under a disciplinarian. That was the word yeah. I was looking for. They don't fall under under tr- the traditional disciplinarian term, but yet they're what the, the kids need to, to grow they and need, develop. They need probably a, a authoritarian. Mm. You know, Cer- yeah, certainly not. They, they need structure and they need coaching. Uh, that's that's healthy for them. But going back to the, the, the guilt conversation from before, right? So you, you want to enjoy the time with your kids and you're having a good time and then something happens like that and next thing you know you're you know, the, the scope has just changed. Now yeah. you're in your dad mode and you're not friend mode and it's just a Well the joke is as the aunt without children, um, you know, or the the dad at bedtime is there are the non mothers who the mothers claim won't see the consequences of a, of a sequence of actions. So it's like, you, I don't want dads to stop playing. I don't right. want dads to stop having fun. You guys do know how to do that really, really, really well. And if moms are over-managing to-do lists and, you know, all that other stuff, we, we need somebody to remember how to play. Sure. So we don't want you to give that up. But what happens is, there is that question of when you become the child, right. and it happens to me yeah. all the time, you know, where it's like, oops, I forgot I needed to stay the grown-up in the room. Right. And and so, you, you know, you just have to find a way to create those boundaries, those parameters, or go, okay, every, or, or you just have something in your toolbox, which I use probably, you know, like, I'm not good at boundaries, but I'm really good at... Okay, I'm gonna shift the game to pull everybody back yeah, in, so that people. so that I don't have you like hurt when I send you home with your parents, you know, which I have done. I, I think one thing, like you know, the traditional dad. I don't know if this is everybody's house. It, it is in mine from time to time, where my wife is with the three kids by herself, and they start to misbehave. And it's, can you come help? And then all of a sudden, they expect the disciplinarian walking in the room. So no matter if you've been having fun with them all day. They've been your best friend all day. It's all of a sudden you have to now drop the hammer and right. be be quiet, listen to your mother, you know, do those things. And I think that's kind of where, at least, again, my household, my wife probably gets it from how her father was, where it was, okay, dad's coming in now, yeah, you know, yeah. and, it's, and it's like like you were saying, uh, not hitting, obviously, but, you know, the... the that disciplinary negative consequences Um, Mm -hmm. you know and so like that's where I think you get the stereotype of what disciplinary and dad is and here's where I want to go with that because it's it it is the false dichotomy Mm -hmm. and the false dichotomy is that the way you're we're posing it is it's friend dad that is 
I'm your buddy. I'm your partner. I'm going to help you no matter when you need help. And disciplinarian dad that says, I am going to stand outside of you, external from this, and control and manage the situation. Versus new discipline, which will be, you know what? It's not me against you. It's not me having to put you in a box, reshape you, socialize and culturalize you in a way from external. It's a way saying, wait, I'm going to be that that co-collaborator with you to help you analyze the situation, problem solve this, think about different choices, and possibly have to live with the consequences of some really unpleasant mistakes you're going to make along the way, which whether it's, a, you know, the number one topic in the toddler class is what do I do when my child's throwing food? And it's, and it's not the, you're not coming in scolding saying no, 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 no. Cause if I say no, it just, if I'm going to say no to a toddler, it's like, watch me do it faster. Right. <laughs> so what, but what it comes down to, but I still have to somehow pull that back. So what it's going to come down to is, Oh, you've thrown your food. You're telling me you're done eating, mm-hmm. which now gives the child complete responsibility for their choices. Mm-hmm. No, you want, you're hungry? I read that wrong? You want to try again? I don't know. And you do that in different ways. So it's, so it's, it's not, it's me showing you and steering, you know, I call it bumper bowling. I'm going to I'm going to block off some of those options for chaos and your own personal frustration as the grown-ups and steer you, but I'm on your side. So I'm not coming in in opposition to beat you down or to do or to shift that. So I I think you guys have it harder because of that cliche of disciplinarian dad. I like the way you put that about being on the on the same side. We're on the same side because if you're giving <clears throat> messages of control from outside, then they may listen, they may do that, but only because you're watching. But if you're emotionally attuned to them and and you're on the same level, they can internalize the message and actually actually want to do it even when you're not watching because they buy into it. So it's, it's really important to, be, to have that involvement and connection. And, it, and there's a, it happens in a very physical way, even, even in our toddler classes today. So what happens is when I say to a parent, you don't have to manage the slide. Now, you might have, you have to be there to spot them so that they're not, you know, coming out with goose eggs. But, but if I stand back and say, hmm, Watch what their choice is going to lead. The child will pull back quickly, like, whoa, I'm not ready for this slope. Whoa, I'm dangling by one arm. Whoa. And the same thing happens. So what happens the way that Brian just described it is when you create this discipline situation where your child is is, is put, you know, given complete freedom and the, this is the right thing to do, they're going to be like, ha! watch me because I want to show you I can think of, I can I know if you give me three choices I can pick a fourth welcome to the fours you know? but so so what happens is but when you're holding that I've got let's let's look at this together I'm gonna help you evaluate the situation you know what I think is right because I'm coach and you know I am so smart I mean they know who you are so what happens is they start to tiptoe and when you allow them to look at it all then they're like hmm 
that's really scary and risky to go out there on that emotional limb when you haven't pushed me to go out on that emotional limb. So you kind of hold, they want to res- They want your respect, they want your security. And, and when you're on that same side, they're gonna stay, they're gonna stay a little bit closer or more within themselves than the recklessness of the challenge Oh yeah, you want to do that? Yeah, watch me do that. So it's it's an interesting emotional dance. And I think the part of that, um, and it's something that I know that you focused on in your, in your toddler and mommy me classes, is um, you know encouraging how well you read your kids um, and you emotionally connecting with them on you know why are they doing things the way that they're doing them or what is the reason behind why they're acting this certain way. And I think that the more you give them those options and you more you learn their thought processes, it's easier for you to be able to connect with them on that level and then be able to help guide them in, in those directions. It's difficult at first, for sure, because you're you're sitting in a situation and you know what you would do to be able to control those situations and to be safer and to and there's the word control yeah control the situation. Um, but in in letting go a little bit of that 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 control and and watching them make the decisions, you start to, to get the read of your kid. And what's what's cool about it too is you start to learn their personality a little bit better. You start to learn their thinking process a little bit better too. Um, and so you know in that regard, uh, you know for the parents who may have difficulty in doing this, um, I really say kind of focus on that same instinct that you had when you first became a parent, uh, which was uh, many people say, oh, I don't know how I'm going to know when he's hungry. I don't know when he is needing a change or things along those lines. But for some reason, you just start to kind of know. You start to know the different cries. You start to know the different little tweaks and and things that they do. Um, So it's the same process that it was. It just becomes, like we were saying before, same methodology, just a little bit more complicated scope. As the onion go. gets thicker and thicker. Yeah. When, you know, from a connection perspective, <clears throat> excuse me, so, I mean, look, there we talk about some days are easier and better than others, and, and you have the ups and downs, but I find that um, one way that I try to stay connected to that message of me supporting is, is always there is if it was maybe a bit of a bumpy day when things are calmed down right before at bedtime when I'm, when I'm putting them to sleep, then I have a little conversation of, look, you might not always agree with daddy. Daddy might not always agree with the things that you're doing. We might get a little irritated with each other or however you word it. But at the end of the day, I love you. You love me. That's never going to change. And just saying that. You say that? Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Okay. I, this is where I want. This is our, our second to the end. And that is, what do you know about that connection? Or that you didn't know before you started this. I mean, and both of those are really good examples, but, or even like specifics of how you do, how you make that connection um, real and sustainable for yourself. That's one way. It's, it's, it's big. It's I, I, don't want, I don't want there to be a misunderstanding anywhere along the lines of just because there was discipline or what have you that that support and that love isn't there also. That's just how I try to keep it did, you, did did someone do that for you? No, I, I just I, I don't. I just started to do it. I'll build off that because I, I do something similar. One one of the things that I've uh, gotten to say or had to say more than once is um, I want you to know that even when I'm mad at you, I still love you because it's not always clear in the right. in the heat of the moment right. when when you're really mad that 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 part is still there. So I, I've I've had to make that make Happy that known verbally. And, uh, How do your children respond to that? What, what do you see in their eyes when you say that out loud? 
I think the eyes soften a little bit, even if they're a little moist. But sometimes I don't say it till a little bit later in the day when they can when they can receive the message. In the heat of the moment, there's other things. You can't happening. do it in the heat of the moment. Yeah. That's not but I've apologized closer to the heat of the moment. I had to apologize today. You were um, I, I was I got frustrated. I was irritated. You didn't deserve that. And I think that helps too because it lets them know that that was on me. Even if even if they did something that I didn't necessarily approve of, my reaction wasn't wasn't what I wanted and wasn't what they deserved. So I've had to say that before. Well, that teaches them a lesson. I mean, that you know they look at us as like you're saying. You know, you're their everything. Your coach, disciplinarian, parent, dad, you know, whatever. But we make mistakes. You know, and, yeah. and that's something that they'll you know carry with them. That if you do screw up, you take out you. Uh, you take responsibility for your mistakes and it's a life lesson that I'm sure that they may not realize at the moment but down the road hopefully they do and I love that I mean I think that is also a a way of your journey to say I I can face down my own guilt I can face down my own imperfections and and moms need that a lot too so that I'm just here to say everybody out there needs to hear that message that it's okay um, and as, as you had mentioned earlier, Craig, yeah, your kids are going to be really okay no matter what you do because of this love, because of you always trying to do it better. Okay, wrap-up's always the same. How have you got this for right here, for right now? How have you got this dad thing? Um, you knew it was coming. Go for it. I think no matter what happens, we can always fall back on what we know whatever surprises we're going to get there's always a few things we know we talked about them that the kids need our involvement they need our support and as you always say karen they need choice and voice and we can figure out a way to take whatever circumstances we have and build those into it so we've got we've got something even when we think we've got nothing always always i mean even at one you know like you now know those cries you always have something so in, in that same regard, um, and it was kind of just bouncing off of what we were just talking about previously, um, something that I tell my son when, when we're going to bed at night, um, I always tell him, you know, obviously after the songs and the books and everything, and I tell him that, you know, he's the best part of me. And the reason I say that is because I truly believe it, that he's, you know, going to be one of the best things that I've ever created. But then in order to continue to create the best part of yourself, you have to continually be the best part of yourself. So as long as I tell him that he's going to be the best, then I have to show up and be the best for him. And then that's just going to keep, you know, uh, self-fulfilling prophecy that way. Thanks. I don't have this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's part of the, the journey is that, you know, continuing to learn about them, about myself, um, you know, how to uh, how to try and figure this out uh, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, you know, continuing continuing it out. Um, not that I think uh, I, I'm, I'm a bad parent. I certainly don't think I'm a great parent. Um well, but, I'm here to say, great. Well, I, thank I'm you. Here. But I, 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 <laughs> I give I, you that Karen I think it's sticker. Just, it's just, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's something that it, it's just an ongoing process. You know, there you try to make every moment the best you can. You try to, you know, learn from your mistakes. Um, you know, teach them the the rights and wrongs of the world. Guide them along the way as best you can. Uh, but 
You are infatigable. <laughs> That's what I say. That's just impressive. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I don't think there's ever a time where you can, you know, maybe when they become your parent in essence, when you're, you know, they're taking care of you when you're older. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know if I ever want to get it, to be honest with you. You know, I, I just think I, I want to just enjoy this, the goods, the bads, the ups and downs, and, you know, just make sure that they, they wake up with a smile on their face every day. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Jamie hit it right. I mean, are you ever going to know? I still don't know what I, what I want to do when I grow up, for goodness sake. I mean, let alone parenting. But I, it's just self-awareness, right? Just making sure that you're trying to make the best decisions and showing them what good and you know moral choices uh, really look like. And we didn't like. even get to that. Good and moral choices. Okay, next podcast. Thank you so much, Dad, guys, dads. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow. Listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey. Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules. You write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend. Or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Deerwister. And check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at at FamilyTimeInc and Instagram at Karen underscore FamilyTime. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Lippman for the great intro. And thanks to The Front and The Follow for the song Listen. We are listening. See you next week.